You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am good. What can I help you with? Yeah. So um, when I had first submit my Q&A question for this, um, I was coming out of a little bit of a shocker. I had just gotten my MCAT score back um, and it was uh, a little devastating. (laughs) Um, I did not do as well as I wanted to. Um, So at the time, I wasn't sure uh, if I should rush to retake it and try and get into this application cycle um, because I really wanted to. It was everything I had planned. I'm older and I just wanted to get started. Um, but uh, since then, I've, I've kind of made the decision to not go ahead with the cycle. So perhaps you can maybe validate me in that decision. <laughs> no, nope, um, wrong decision. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, now that I have this a uh, new opportunity for even more time, more gap years. That's yep. just what I wanted. Um, you know, how maybe I can best prepare myself moving forward. Yeah. So, so ultimately the answer to what should I do during my gap is what do you need help with? All right. What, what on your application potentially says, uh Oh, there's a deficiency here. This is what you should be spending your time with. So there isn't a one size fits all gap year, um, uh, opportunity. If you're missing clinical experience, do clinical stuff. If you need some post back work, do post back work. If you need to work on your MCAT, work on your MCAT. What do What do you think you you are deficient in? Yeah. So, um, I guess I'll give you a little bit of background about myself. So, I uh, went to the United States Coast Guard Academy for my undergrad. I graduated in 2016. Coasty, huh? I was a coastie and um, I spent a little bit of time at Pensacola, Florida. I started out as a pilot. Very um, cool. So something you're very familiar with. Yeah. Uh, in that process, I had decided I really want to be a doctor. So I left, which was really hard. Um, but I'm sure as, as you have experience with maybe some pilots in your day, uh, I did not do stellar at the academy. <laughs> Tough place to be when you're a kid. I'm also a first-gen college student, so uh, I definitely fumbled while I was there. I had a bad GPA, like 2.8, I think is what I graduated with. Yeah. And my science was, I don't even know. Uh, but I had worked on that. I did a post-back at Fordham, um, and I brought my my undergrad GPA up, I think, to, I want to say, a 3.4, and my science to, like, a 3.6. Awesome. So, like, I don't know if I should take more post-back classes or if that's, like, Check locked and loaded. Yeah, probably. <laughs> How long has it been since you finished at Fordham? Uh, the fall. I, I my last class was biochem. So recently. So. And how many mm-hmm. credits did you take? Post back wise, yeah. a lot. I started while I was still active duty and just kind of taking it one at a time. I had finally left active duty in twenty twenty, and that's when I did a chunk of my sinus um, science classes like Orgo and, okay. and GenCat. Um, so like so 30, like, 40? Oh, what? Uh, Sorry, like 60 maybe. Oh, a more. Lot. Okay. Nice. <laughs> a lot. My GPA was bad, so. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So fantastic upward trend then. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, I hope is that. Like, is yes. that considered? I yes. feel like it's still low. <laughs> the final number isn't great, but that's because you started off with a whole degree not that great. And so right. you've done a lot of work to fix that, which is fantastic. So I'm not worried about and your my GPA. Entire, my entire post pack, I have a 4.0 and I got an A's in everything I did. Yeah. All those classes okay. yeah that's fantastic so, no concerns so I feel there like, 
yeah, post-bac is looking good. I even started doing um, a graduate certificate through the University of Florida. They have like a, an online certificate. Mm -hmm. I'm in medical human anatomy. So I'm like Sweet. halfway done with that. Okay. So I don't know if that's like good. Maybe I'll finish that in my gap year. Um, yeah. <laughs> you don't need it. But yeah. you if you're interested that. in it, that's great. It'll prepare cool. you for I mean, med school. Like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Okay. Um, and right now, I work full time um, as a medical assistant for an ENT, which I really love. Um, awesome. It's like a field I'm, I'm interested in. Um, but I guess, you know, my thought with that, I don't know if it looks bad to stay at the same job in the same specialty. Should I like shadow more and, and get more experience? Yeah. So I'm not a believer in like, you need to shadow three different types of doctors and you need to have like, it's really hard to shadow one. Um, so if you have a great job as a medical assistant and you enjoy it, great. That's you're getting clinical experience from a shadowing perspective. I'm assuming you're shadowing the doctor that you, uh, are a medical assistant for like you doing during lunch or whatever. So you have some oh, yeah. shadowing there. So there are schools that will be like, Hey, we, we want to see primary care shadowing. So if you can find a family practice doc an internal medicine doc, um, a pediatrician to to shadow and get get some shadowing hours. Great. If you can't, it's probably not the end of the world. Yeah. Okay. So maybe possibly diversify a little bit. Potentially. Yeah. I don't think you need to go crazy. Uh, a big thing experience wise is volunteering, right? Non clinical volunteering. So soup kitchen type stuff, habitat type stuff. Uh, going to an inner city school and, and volunteering as a tutor or something. Do you do any, any of that stuff? I do. I um, am a guide runner for uh, Achilles International. Cool. So I get to run with people with disabilities, which is really fun. It gets me up moving. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. That's exciting. All right. So you're doing That's that. Like, all I have time for is like one. It's my, my full-time job is full-time. Like yeah. Doctor me really hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's nice it's it's volunteering and it's exercised <laughs> two birds with one stone yeah. <laughs> nice okay are, are there any experiences um that you're concerned about right research potentially as a non-trad you re lack of research is typically a big one for non-trads so i um i did some research at one of my well this is a good question. I don't know if like this could even count for, for research per se, but my last job before I left the Coast Guard, I was in um, maritime security mm. and we did a lot of research in terms of how our helicopters are used for off-water enforcement and, and drug interdiction. So like kind of research, I did a lot of number crunching and mm. kind of figured how we can make, you know, our operations more efficient. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if that, if that checks the research box or not. It's yeah. not medical. <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't have to be medical. I think that's a a big misconception about research. At the end of at the end of the day, research is: are you asking questions? Are you collecting data? Are you analyzing data? Are you making decisions based on that data? Right, this the scientific method, um, and it sounds like that's what you were doing. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's cool. So I feel like, like. It's just the MCAT then that I need to tackle. <laughs> Sounds like that's my beast that I need to get over. <laughs> the MCAT. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the MCAT. What did you yeah. do to prepare? Where do you think you fell short? That's the the really frustrating part. Um, you know, I'm I was in the military, I was a pilot, I am da da da, da type A, like <laughs> you know. 
um, I feel like I did everything that you're supposed to. You know, I did an online course. I did UWorld. I did Anki. I did like 12 full legs. I did all the AMC material twice. Yeah. <laughs> and I was doing really well in my practice exams. Um, my last practice practice exam going in, I got a 521. What? Um, so I, yeah, so I was like locked in the, and that was yeah. kind of around my average. My average, I think, was a 517. So okay. I wouldn't have taken it if I wasn't doing that. Yeah. Um, and I got a 499. Wow. Okay. I like, I still think about it and it doesn't feel real to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, did, did you walk out of your test day like thinking, oh my gosh, what happened? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but I feel like everyone does, right? Yeah. Like, and everyone's like, that was terrible, but trust your full lengths. <laughs> wow. Um, and yeah. When did you take it? Uh, March uh, 24th. March of this year. I mean, were you ready to apply this cycle? Like working on personal statement, other stuff, or no? I had like my personal statement ready to go. Yeah. Activities and secondaries. Uh, like, <laughs> so, I, I mean... It's it's only May seventeenth. Go register for the test again, and That's just true. and just chalk it up to a fluke and and go back in, like go sign up for, <laughs> go sign up for the end of June. Just go refresh yourself. Right, it hasn't been that long. If no. you were scoring on average five seventeens, you're ready to take the test. You just had a bad day. A real bad day. A real bad. You had Alexander's horrible, no good, very bad day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. You are one of those kind of rare exceptions of like, what the heck happened? Go immediately and re-register and take it again. Assuming, assuming those full-length exams were under testing conditions, right? Waking up, taking it early or whatever it was timing yourself exactly like you weren't taking like one section a day over four days and you're like oh look 521 i was not i wore the same outfit ate the same food i was crazy i didn't even wash it I <laughs> yeah i needed to be lucky you know yeah go go take the test again and plan on applying this cycle you know and the weekend i got my score back um i even i took a, a blueprint full length when i had left and I got a 512 on it and I was like so frustrated by that you know like, yeah I didn't even like I just took this go. and I didn't even score go. it so the well go really go do so? it yes it scares the, the crap out it of me. <laughs> it should it should right and and that's a concern right my again my assumption is test anxiety probably isn't an issue for you maybe maybe not I mean I like to think now, like I flew planes. Exactly, <laughs> right? That's that's the answer, right? You were a pilot, right? Obviously, pilots get anxious, but uh, to impact your performance that much, I I think you probably just you had tunnel vision on that day and just freaked out, and so yeah. I, I think you have to trust yourself. You have to know that you have that score inside of you. Maybe it's not a five seventeen. Maybe it's a five twelve. But Which is great. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bye. a fantastic score. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't want to rush you. Yeah. But also, if if you're relatively prepared to get your application in within a month or so, 
and kind of rehash and restudy a little bit for the MCAT within a month or so, I think, I, I, I think you should go for it, right? The worst that happens is you go ahead and register for a test. Hopefully there's, there's a test date open kind of end of June in your location. You register for it and you go back into study mode and just, just check yourself and just trust your gut. Be like, oh yeah, I, I can do this. Or oh, yeah, I'm not ready. And just check, check yourself and, and go, right? Obviously you're going to be like, but I can't trust my gut. I had a 517. All right. Um, I <laughs> yeah. It's so, so it's, it's going to be hard to judge it based on that. But again, I think you have to go to the subject or the objective data. Objectively, you were crushing it. And just something happened that day and we just have to ignore it and chalk it up to just a bad day. And then it's, it's not going to happen again. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I hope. Yeah. What, so, what, how does that make you feel? Like to say, go do it. You're ready to apply. Go take the test again. Like excited because I was so ready for the cycle. You know, I read yeah. my little pre-med playbook. I wrote my <laughs> my seed, my personal statement. I was like ready, and then yeah. that happened. I was like, like hit with a brick wall. You know. Yeah. Um, like I want to be able to do it this cycle, but I also, you know, want to do it right and give myself the best opportunity. Um, yeah, and know? that's the thing, right? If you were to say, I got a four ninety nine, and I didn't study, kind of work on the way, and I was finishing up classes then I would say, of course, right? You did not prepare well. You're not going to turn that around in a month. Yeah. But if you're telling me your averages on AAMC tests were 517, you were ready. So there's nothing that you can do between now and next year to make yourself more ready. It's like, oh, my average went to a 519. But okay, wonderful. Yeah. But it's not until you step into the ring, as cliche as that sounds, right, and actually do it again, that you're going to know. So I think you have to trust the the objective data that says you're ready. You were ready back in March. The question is, can you make yourself ready again in a month or so, a month and a half? The answer is probably yes. You just got to go do it. Yeah. Does that, so let's say I'm able to get into a testing center, I take it in June at some point, how would that affect me this cycle? Or am I still like out for the cycle? And no, I, I think I think you're ready. Again, that's why I asked, like had, had you been working on your application? And so- I mean, I didn't start it yet because I was like, I'm not doing it this year. I have everything done, but I didn't open it. Yeah, and that's yeah. fine. That's fine that you haven't started it yet. I mean, letters of rec are, are gonna be a big thing if you haven't started requesting those. Um, but in terms, but in terms of personal statement and activity descriptions, I mean, that's the hardest part. And if you have a lot of that stuff done, it's just polishing that off over the course of a month. You're ready. But those, so those scores wouldn't come back until July, right? Yep. End of July. Yeah. So ideally, ideally you submit your application kind of end of June when you're kind of confirmed that you're like, okay, locked and loaded. I'm ready to go. Submit your application, take the test, work on secondaries while you're waiting for your score. Only submit to one school. And then when you get your score back, go, okay, there's my 515. Add all the other schools in. You've been working on secondaries as if you were going to apply to all the schools and you're 
your timeline will be perfectly fine. Really? Yep. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, oh, there was something I just wanted to ask you. I forget. Does it really matter which school I put? Is that one? Does that really matter? No, I would pick a school that you want to go to. Like really? Some people say a throwaway school. I'm like, why waste money? <laughs> like, don't do that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I hate saying this because I don't want to like take myself out out and and put bad juju out but like let's say i do bad then next year i would technically be a reapplicant right to one school yeah oh, okay so it wouldn't just be in in general like you're a reapplicant even if i only apply to one school when you apply you will mark if you are a reapplicant to a specific school some secondaries may say, hey, like if you're a reapplicant to our school or if you're a reapplicant period, what have you done to improve? Here's what I've done. Being a reapplicant is not bad. Being a reapplicant is not a scarlet letter. Okay. Because I feel like it is. <laughs> and that's what's putting me off so much from everything. Yeah. I'm like, I'll so, once, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I will tell you where that myth comes from. The AAMC has data that shows that reapplicants only are accepted to medical school at like a 25% rate or something like that versus 40% or whatever the, the percentage is for everyone. And so that data is misinterpreted that says, oh, being a reapplicant is bad, right? But we can't draw conclusions off of a single number because we don't know who that, the, the, the students that are making up that number, who are they? Are they students who have a 2.0 GPA and a 490 MCAT and they applied to medical school the first time because they didn't know and they apply to medical school the second time because they don't know, and they apply to medical school the third time because they don't know. There are so many people, let me tell you, that are applying to medical school that have no business applying to medical school. And those are the ones that are just doing it either because their parents want them to or because they just, they they think, oh, like I'm a good person, I should be a doctor, right? And maybe they will be a good doctor, but they have to prove that they can make it through medical school first, right? And so there are lots of people who are applying to medical school that shouldn't be. And those people then apply again, reflexively, whatever. They have 490 MCATs. They're like, but I have great experiences. It doesn't matter, right? You're not going to get in, most likely, right? There's always one or two people who get in with a 490. Those are the rare exception, <laughs> right? Those are the, oh my gosh, they cured cancer. They just <laughs> suck at taking the MCAT, right? Um, and, and that happens. So uh, yeah, that that's it. Right? So we, we can't make conclusions and say being a reapplicant is bad. Being a reapplicant who does nothing to fix their application is bad. <laughs> so don't be scared of the reapplicant label. Fair. Okay. So you think I should take a stab at it? I think you should do more than take a stab at it. You should, yeah. you should go full full force, full throttle. <laughs> Full throttle, yeah. Full throttle, yeah. It's the only way. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is encouraging. Yeah, you're ready. <laughs> Ugh. So crazy, though. I mean, do you have you heard of that happening before? Yes. People? Really? Yes. We we had yeah. one, one of our one of our students who's an employee. Um, very similar story, right? Five twenties, and then test day rolls around, and and super low. Uh, MCAT score. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Like, it's just weird. It's luck. Bad luck. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're ready. Go for it. Okay. This was encouraging. It's the positive encouragement I needed. <laughs> Good. Okay. Anything else? No, I feel like that was it. I needed that push maybe. <laughs> right. I was so upset though. I was so decided. I'm like, all right, I'll just wait another year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no harm in waiting. I don't think you need to. And I think it may actually do you more harm, right? All of that MCAT material out the window. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Cool. Okay, fine. I'll do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 